0: In action is the Tall Blacks, uh, they had a massive win over the Saudis uh, the other day in World Cup qualifying, and joining us to talk about that is Basketball Scribe from Stuff.co.nz, Mark Hinton, how you doing Mark?
1: Yeah, good afternoon Rick, I'm very well, thank you, a lot of sport on at the moment and it's all it's all great to consume, isn't it? I'm still marvelling over Mark Teller's performance for the Blues last night. Incredible individual effort. Mate, what a how... way to make an early statement for a fringe all-black.
0: Yeah, mate, how good. I mean, that, that, that game was insane. There was, a, there was a period in the first half uh, where my partner, who was in the room but not really watching, um, turned around and said to me, is this highlights? Because there were so many tries.
1: Yeah, look, I, Rick, I mean, I know we're here to talk about basketball, but uh, I have to say that, you know, the the intent of these new, I guess, law, whatever, they're not laws, are they? They're kind of uh, uh, variations or whatever you call them. The intent is to speed up the game. Man, it has worked. That first round of Super Rugby was highly, highly entertaining. And the rugby really did flow from, you know, and not just not just that game. I mean, I covered Moana Pacifica, Fijian uh, and Drua earlier and watched the Hurricanes late last night. I mean, they, they were all excellent games of rugby where the, where the ball moved around and it was in, it's, I don't know the statistical analysis, but. It, the ball just seemed to be in play so much more and the faster pace, the intent was better. Just everything seemed better across the board for a round one, especially.
0: Yeah, exactly, mate. Uh, They just need to come up with a... uh, You know what I'd really like to see is... uh, We'll get to the basketball shortly, but as a rule that, you know, when when one of the front rowers goes down with a tight calf to try and, you know, get a breath back, that they just roll a front row replacement on. He can get his treatment and we'll just carry on with the game. That would be great.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's still a way to progress, become a perfect game,
0: Iraq. <laughs> it's for sure. Yeah, it is, mate. It is. Oh, well, let's let's talk uh, uh, basketball then, mate, and the, and the Tall Blacks. Uh, it was pretty uh, commanding performance against the Saudis, particularly without so many of the big guns for the Tall Blacks. It uh, feels like depth basketball depth in New Zealand at the moment at that level is is absolutely massive. Yeah, um
1: that yeah, was an it was a pretty easy one and an expected one. Saudi Arabia not exactly a powerhouse of the hoops world. And so, you know, even a third or fourth string uh tall blacks team, which this probably was certainly, you know, certainly around maybe a third string team, um, still should be good enough to take care of business and work comfortably. I mean, uh a hundred and ten, sixty three, that's what forty seven points and um and some amazing shooting stats, uh, Rick, uh Ethan Rusbatch, um, I think, what he shoot? Um, uh, eight of eleven from the field, and five of seven from three. You know, Sam Waldenberg makes seven of twelve shots on the Tall Blacks' debut. I mean, there's a lot to like about that. You are right. The depth in New Zealand basketball at the moment is extraordinary. Um, I was talking to Tall Blacks coach Piro Cameron about this, and you know, look, he Piro was part of the golden era of New Zealand basketball. That early 2000s team with Sean Marks and him. Um, Phil Jones, Kirk Penny, Mark Dickel all those guys, incredible um, the best tall black team bar none, absolutely without doubt and you know, a golden era that just came to fruition at that 2002 tournament where they got fourth at the World Champs but I, I don't know if I've seen New Zealand and I've been covering it for a long time 30, 30 odd years now um, I don't know if I've ever seen uh, New Zealand basketball with as much depth at the top end of the men's game as it has now I mean, Pero really does have five or six players in every position to choose from. And his squad that he eventually selects uh, for the World uh, Cup later in the year and, and that's being held in the Philippines, in Indonesia and Japan, he he really has some big, big calls to make because he's had a lot of people that have filled in in these, these windows that crop up now um, where other people have been unavailable. and People have really stood up and showed they can perform in the in the um, international arena. So um, when you consider all the, all the people he's got here, he's got Yanni Wenzel, Finn Delaney in um, Europe, up doing very good things up there. The Webster brothers obviously coming off pretty pretty good seasons for the Perth Wildcats. And then he's got uh, Isaac Foto obviously in Japan and, and a bunch of kids um, playing high-level college basketball in the US. There is a lot to choose from. So maybe he doesn't quite have that golden age team that he was part of. You know, that could really shake things up at the World Cup, but he has a lot of depth and he has a you know, whoever he picks Rick will go out and perform in that tall black way which we all know is, is to play hard, to play together and to And to really be better than the sum of their parts.
0: Why do you think the depth is so good? I mean, I know that of late, you know the things that Justin Nelson, for example, did with our um, sales NBL has certainly probably helped um, guys bridge the 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 college uh, you know the school basketball to to that next level in between there and the and the Aussie NBL, but I mean those kids have got to be there to make that transition. So is this on basketball New Zealand and programs they have in place?
1: I think it's 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 a variety of things. I don't think we can probably point one finger and say that you know that's made New Zealand basketball deeper. Uh, undoubtedly, New, uh, basketball New Zealand's uh, programs uh, are producing talent because of the amount of kids that go um, off to, to uh, scholarships in the US now is extraordinary. You know, there's there's uh, I think there's over 20 um, girls, New Zealand young New Zealand women playing up at, uh, in the NCAA. Um, Competitions and there's um, close to that in men as well. So there's a rig every year. There's a you know uh, between five and ten players going off to each year to play high-level college hoops. So um, that's helping. I think the uh, standard of the New Zealand NBL, um, you know, the work done by Justin Nelson, Hugh Bain and and so forth, um, to lift that competition and to really make that a, a, a sort of a um, a little engine that could. It's never going to be the Australian NBL, the New Zealand NBL, and it, and the the key thing about that is it needs to understand that Justin Nelson got that and he's made it into this this great little boutique league almost It doesn't go for a long time and it, and it runs pretty much in the off seasons to most of the major leagues, but it's a great little league and uh, um, so I think that's helping. and yeah and I think and I think you know you have to tip your hat to Basketball New Zealand. They don't always get it right, but they're they're producing. Um, Talent in this country, you know the the explosive young talent that's coming through, incredible. So all those things add up to give Peter Cameron a lot of players to choose from when it comes to um, when it comes to picking his national team when everyone is available. Now, look, that's the big unanswered question, Rick. Will he have a absolute full-strength Tall Blacks team to take to that World Cup later in the year? I think it's um, um, uh, August, end of August into September. Um, that's the big question because, as he knows professional leagues, um, I guess circumstances, injuries, all these sort of things add up and yet he doesn't always get to pick his best players. He's hoping like heck he can pick every single player and I'd say every single player available.
0: I mean we know the NBA is a law unto themselves because it is the best competition around but what about the big European leagues and, and, and things like that? I mean did they time their league seasons to avoid the World Cup?
1: Yes, yeah, the World Cup falls in the in the, essentially the off-season of Europe and the NBA, which pretty much allows everyone to play um, at it. So it's it's sort of in that August, you know, the NBA finishes in July, the, the big leagues in Europe finish up around end of May, start of June sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, this is the off-season. They clear the decks for it. Everyone uh, will be – so it, it, it's kind of a bizarre situation because through the qualifying process, of course, countries haven't been able to – call on nba talent the nba league doesn't release players for international duty um but if you've been able to get to the league and you know qualifying out of europe like it is in football isn't easy you know it's there's strength and depth in europe and you actually have to play well to get even to get to these big global tournaments so um if you've been able to get there you will be at full strength come later in the year look everyone wants to know will Stephen adams finally play for the Torbacks, and we, we can't answer that question um, only Stephen knows that He's injured at the moment And Memphis Grizzlies are desperate to get him back They're, they're, they're uh, stuck in a losing streak They miss him uh, greatly And they need to get him back on the court My understanding, Piero Cameron you know, he, he didn't have a lot to say on this He we, said you know, we're communicating um, But my understanding is that that communication Has been as strong as it's ever been And, and there is actually a ray of hope That Stephen could make himself available But this knee injury complicates matters and um, at the moment, it's, it remains as it has been pretty much all his career a wait and see type scenario.
0: Well, I can tell you something uh, on the Grizzlies: this uh, that that uh, loss streak is ending uh, because with a minute left in the third, they are up ninety-one sixty against the Nuggets.
1: Yeah, that's a good win, but it's, <laughs> it's long overdue. They haven't been firing, uh, um, and they do miss Stephen not not because of what he does points wise or even even his rebounding. I mean, it's amazing his offensive reboundings incredible at the historical numbers he's putting up, but just his presence and just the way everything flows around him, uh, they've really missed him. But that, that that's a great performance today, but they need to get back on a run, and I think um, his return from injury, which is imminent, I believe, um, I think that will probably be just the spur they need to get on a run at the business end of the year, because of course, the NBA is all about the form you're in when it really matters,
0: playoff time. Yeah, it is indeed. I can tell you, Jamarant, who's also been out for a while, is it, back in this game. He scored 23 points and got seven rebounds so far. Uh, we're not done with our World Cup qualifying, even though, you know, we're pretty much, well, we are there. Uh, it's just about where we finish. And that gets decided on Monday in Wellington when we take on uh, Lebanon. I think we lost to Lebanon last time we played them over there. What chance uh, do you give this Tall Blacks team to top their group uh, by beating Lebanon? On on Monday.
1: Yeah, look, I'm not sure what's at stake because, as you say, the tournaments have already qualified. But if they do win this, they will top their group um, and it potentially gives them a kind of a slightly better seeding. But I've never been convinced. The figure is a bit like some of these other world organisations, like World Rugby, doing the uh, draws for World Cups three years out. Um, I think that they're not that silly. They're been the draw and equal for this uh, tournament. But um, um, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not convinced that necessarily winning the group will give you some sort of uh, uh, amazing seeding or any real advantage because previously the Tall Blacks have won, won their group out of Asia and got a terrible draw. So um, we'll wait and see what ends up. But this is this is to decide the winner of the group. Lebanon beat them up there. They're a solid team, um, you know, big bodies, uh, experienced, kind of grizzled internationals. So a good test for these Tall Blacks of Peru, Cameron, who, you know, who who would have got a bit, lot of confidence on that big score against Saudi Arabia. So um, I would put uh, New Zealand to win at home. Uh, Lebanon just lost to the Philippines up there and a close one. Um, so I'm not sure if they're at like, super full strength, but I would think this New Zealand team, um, a solid group with Sam Wardenberg playing for the first time, and as I said, impressed in that, um, in the, in the, in that uh, win uh, on Friday night um, with 17 points and eight rebounds with uh, Terrell Harrison, big seven-footer out of the Brisbane Bullets, you know, guys like Toy Smith-Milner, Jordan Narchai, Ruben Tarangi, You know, there's plenty of experience there. Ethan Rusbatch with that hot hand to his 21 points the other night. So there's plenty of experience there, guys that have played a lot of international basketball. So I would expect the Tall to finish qualifying with a win in front of their home fans in Wellington, and it'll be just how impressively they get their job done, right? they uh, will want them to sign off in style. They'll want them to... Um, to I guess make the most of a of you know a rare kind of or not rare but um, they don't have that many home games these days so it's great to, to to for them to finish qualifying at home so he'll want a good big performance from his team and I expect them to deliver maybe 10, 10 to fifteen point one
0: okay all right well uh, look forward to that on uh, Monday night are you, are you going to be in Wellington for it
1: no no sadly I won't be but I will be watching. Um, yeah, there's uh, no, no other sports to take eyeballs off on Monday night. Um, so I'll be watching uh, um, on the stream.
0: Yeah, nice, mate. Uh, and a question for you, because, uh, you know, we've had the uh, the finals playoffs of the NBL started a while ago, and both <laughs> the Kings and the Breakers qualified for the final, it feels like, about a week ago. Uh, but we don't have game one until Friday. Why is there such a big break? Uh,
1: this, this very fever... Um, Window that we're that we're talking about now, both New Zealand and Australia are, pl- are playing in it. Australia's got a couple of games themselves over there. Um, I think their second ones today, and as you say, New Zealand's on Monday. So um, the NBL sort of scheduled this, and look, it was crazy. It really was um, for two reasons. Um, there's no reason why they couldn't have just gone ahead and got these finals underway. Um, I don't, you know, I think they could have coexisted. The the, the games, the international games, they could have put put the uh, the NBL finals aren't around then. There's plenty of days in the calendar, um, and neither the Sydney Kings nor the Breakers released any players to play in this window. So I think it was a kind of a, one of those things. The window was there. Uh, someone at the head office decided at the start of the year to say, "Well, look, we'll um, we'll hold off and, st- and start our finals basically when um, after this window when, when we've got a clear runway." So you kind of get there thinking, but it's created this awful pregnant pause. Whereas we had last Sunday, both the Breakers and the Kings winning their third game of the semi-finals to qualify for a final that wasn't going to start until 12 days' time. I guess the one thing reck is neither neither side has any excuse for not being prepared, <laughs> not being kind of fit and healthy and over their little niggles and not being uh, and not being sort of. Um, uh, Fired up, let's say, because um, they've had plenty of time to stew on this matchup, haven't
0: they? They have indeed, mate. They have indeed. All right, good stuff, Mark. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Appreciate your time on a Sunday, Arvo. Go well, and we'll catch up soon, eh?
1: Yeah, no problems at all. Game one of that series is next Friday night in Sydney, so Kiwis, get ready for that, and the break is back at home on the following Sunday for game two.
0: Yeah, man, get tickets for that now. That is going to be absolutely cooking at Spark Arena.